listening to the DC Public Library podcast recorded from the Labs Recording Studio in the historic modernized Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library in downtown Washington, D.C. This is 9th and G. Hello, I'm your host, Ryan Williams. In this episode, we'll recognize the 125th anniversary of the D.C. Public Library system with newly elected board chair, Monty Monash, and D.C. Public Library Executive Director, Richard Reyes-Gavlon. We'll discuss Monty's personal connection to the library as a native Washingtonian, and her vision for a system devoted to serving the entire community. Uh, it still feels a little unreal. Um, I'm very excited. Um, I knew the moment that I was asked to serve on this board that I was just going to be um, as involved as I possibly could, and I, I knew to put a lot of my a lot of my work things aside because I find this to be such a priority. Um, just the reach and the depth of what libraries mean to the community and what it means to our city. Um, I just, I'm just overjoyed and thrilled. Monty, you're a native Washingtonian. Yes. And tell us about yourself and, you, and specifically your neighborhood that you grew up here in, in Washington. So I grew up in a time in D.C. when they didn't have neighborhood names all over the place. Um, but I grew up in, um, I grew up, I guess I want to say it's Pepworth. It really wasn't called that then. It, I was just a little out of reach of Pepworth. But my neighborhood library was the Pepworth Library. And um, I would go there after school. Um, it was my safe space. Uh, we were latchkey kids, my brother and I. So we, we were children of the 70s. And um, my parents both worked. And um, we self-released. And we would walk home. But on the way to going home, we would always go to the library, do our homework, uh, maybe play with some friends, some board games, and um, you know, draw or do whatever we wanted to do. But the library was our was our spot and we had a great time going there and then we would then we would go home to make sure that we were there to have a good lunch or a good snack and um and do the things that all the chores our mom left for us to do you know fold clothes and all that but the library was a really fun end of the day looking back what would um, that little girl at Petworth library think of Monty today wow i I always thought that I had something um, to look forward to. I just didn't know what that was. And um, I think that that little girl would be pretty um, pretty surprised that I stayed focused, um, grateful that I didn't um, uh, settle for anything, and probably most proud of the fact that I've stayed consistent in my dedication to people and service and um, uh, to uh, making a better way for others as I'm trying to do that same thing for myself. And let's flip that. With what you know now, what would you say to that little girl in the library? Wow, I've never even thought of these questions. You hear them from, uh, you know, when you're listening to other interviews, I just have not thought of this question. So what would I say? Say, I'd say stay the course. I'd say um, it's going to be okay, and it's going to be better than okay. And you think you're doing something now, just wait. You're really going to make a difference just by being a kind person. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have um, an amazing job. You just need to be a good person. And so I think that I would just continue um, to um, encourage myself to um, – continue to just be a good person and be better and try to help others. 
Rich and Monty's story is one you we'd all love to see for children who have, in terms of their day-to-day experiences within the library and, and, and grow up, especially here in, in their neighborhood library in and around the, the D.C. area. Um, here, in some, of those, some of the answers that, some of the responses that Monty has shared, in terms, especially as it relates to people in service, how you both work hand-in-hand, um, especially with this volunteer board. Uh, sure. So, um, first of all, let me say I'm thrilled that Monty is um, is the new chair. Uh, Monty is my my third chair um, since I've been uh, in in DC, and you know you you learn you learn a little bit or a lot from everyone that you work with, and look, the relationship that that the director and the board have is very special insofar as setting the direction for the library system. Um, you know, there are instances in which the board and the director are not on the same page, and that has downstream effects that are uh, that are ultimately uh, not great for service. But I will say that just listening to Monty talk and her emphasis on kindness and the love that she has for the library system um, and how giving she is. I mean, uh, she's somebody that I respect a ton, but more importantly, I like a lot. Um, and I, I love her energy. I just love her as a person. And I also love the collaborative nature in which she is addressing it, the way she is beginning to bring along other board members. You know, we there are there are board members that are very much leader driven and everyone else is in the background and they maybe just show up to meetings. They might just check in once in a while. But I see the direction that Monty is bringing this board where she is demanding that every board member participate. And I've got to say that we've got a good we've got a good uh, group of board members many of whom have only been on for a short time. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really amazing opportunity right now with MLK opening um, with us, hopefully being on the uh, upside of the pandemic for us to really rethink what we wanna do in terms of library services. And it's gonna be, uh, I think, um, done in stages. I mean, I think the way we have to approach the library system in the pandemic and post pandemic might be a little bit different than the way we wanna think about the library Two or three or four years from now, but but the collaboration and care is there, and the talent on the on the staff is there. So I'm I'm really excited. Rich, walk us through as we're about to approach 125 years this summer. Walk us through that evolution. You've mentioned, and you know, Monty mentioned the the people in service staying the course. Um, uh, Rich, you've highlighted in terms of the work that. Uh, you and the board will be doing together in terms of seeing what the vision of what a library will be in um, this post-pandemic era uh, without having to take us through each of the 125 years. Talk about what um, the libraries have were initially meant to in terms of service to the community and how that has evolved over these 125 years throughout. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not it's not that uh, complicated a story in many ways, Ryan. Um, you know, the modern American library uh, was created as a way of leveling the playing field, um, giving people access to books who didn't have the means to um, uh, to join private subscription libraries. Um, this was the great um, idea of um, steel magnate and philanthropist Andrew Carnegie. 
And for, you know, probably the first hundred years of uh, the history of the library system, whether DC or other parts of the states, um, you know, libraries were really focused on that one thing. How do we get as many books into the hands of people who may not otherwise have them? Right. Um, of course, uh, the turn of the last century, 2000, late 90s, the internet has really um, uh, first threatened the future of the library system because we didn't know what our place would be in a, in a world where information was so readily available, but then created opportunities for libraries to really rethink their focus from uh, from books exclusively to people and how to get people to a better stage in their lives, whether they're kids who are struggling in school, whether they are returning citizens who've uh, just been released from prison, uh, whether they are grandparents who are looking for a place in which uh, they can get free access to culture and free access to, um, to other people. Uh, the library has a really amazing uh, opportunity every single day to figure out how we're going to uh, get people to, a, to a, a, a better place in their lives. And so um, they're a lot more fun, frankly, than they used to be because we get to really think about people's needs as opposed to thinking about um, just one, uh, one product. So, um, so that's really been the last 25 years. And of course, in D.C., that last 25 years... Um, has also involved the incredible uh, reinvention of the physical campus. So uh, DC, like very few cities around the country, are poised not only to rethink their services, but we've actually got the physical infrastructure in place to support that, uh, to support that thinking. And, and the city has been a, a great partner in, in supporting in terms of the investment um, toward that reinvention that, that you've highlighted. Yeah, that's been, I mean, you know, the fact that every administration has uh, passed the baton to the next administration and libraries have been a constant in terms of um, support, you know, that's also rare. There are many instances where you might get a new mayor and uh, the library or something else might just fall off um, the, the radar in terms of uh, things that people want to invest in. But I will say that I think that uh, libraries in DC are a real source of pride, um, more so than in many, many, uh, many cities. And the fact that we've um, invested, you know, half a billion dollars now in terms of 20 plus renovated or brand new libraries, and now MLK coming online this past September, uh, nobody wants to be the 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 administration to disinvest in libraries because I think the proof is in the pudding. Just the number of people we serve every day, the joy that we provide people. The sense of pride that we that we supply people as they walk down, uh, you know, Rhode Island Avenue and they see the Woodridge Library or the Shaw Library. It's like this is a really important civic statement for a city that values, you know, uh, you know, civic things. Absolutely. And, and Monty, uh, within the that growth and investment that Rich has highlighted, include those the neighborhood libraries and branching your product of what can take place when you invest in a neighborhood library. Speak to um, what make um, libraries, especially these branch libraries, such great community partners. I think it's the, the neighbors, the neighborhoods. I think that the people take full ownership over these spaces and um, they use them in common ways, you know, with meetings and programming, but they also use them in unique ways as well. Um, so 
um, you could have um, a, a particular um, arts and cultural uh, program going on there that might just be germane to that neighborhood, uh, which makes another neighborhood feel a little envious and want to have the same thing. But libraries have that that way about them that they can be very localized, but also they can also have a, a unifying piece because it's all one system. So you don't have to only go to your neighborhood library. You can go to any library to return your books, to pick up new books, to uh, do different things, to explore different, um, you know, uh, spaces. I mean, our libraries don't all look the same either. Um, sometimes you have a system where it's just kind of a, a standardized box, you know, it's, it's just there are books to the left, books to the right, center desk, and that's what it looks like. But here we have beautiful architecture, um, special spaces designed for the for the community and for the for the folks that will be interacting. So whether you be a child or a or a you know a senior citizen, you will have space that's appropriate for you, especially with our new designs, especially at MLK. Um, all of that has been thoughtfully done, thanks to Richard, um, thanks to all the the, the design builders that we've had, um, you know, do these wonderful um, um, new buildings. And then the team, our staff, who have thought long and hard, if I had um, a blank slate, what would it look like? How would I make it, you know, the space that we need to um, to, you know, serve the public in this way? And so I think it's really about... Um, about, I think it's really about the neighborhoods and how they interact, and then it then it just you know builds off of that. And Rich, where do you see the uh, the months to come in terms of of that growth and development of of these neighborhood libraries? As as more people struggle in a down economy, libraries become more important. Um, the fact that we offer free services, um, you know, we're free business centers. We offer free printing and copying. We offer free meeting space. We offer free training. We offer uh, free development uh, software. Um, so we anticipate that once people can start coming back to our buildings, um, they are going to be coming to our buildings for many reasons. And um, so we are trying to prepare ourselves uh, to meet the demand that we expect to see. Uh, we also know that uh, the mayor has highlighted three really important um, goals in terms of recovery. Um, uh, violence interruption, uh, workforce recovery, and um, an academic recovery. And, you know, I want to figure out how the library can really lean in in all three of those areas because, you know, libraries are sort of community learning centers. And, um, and you know, you might think, well, violence recovery, that's not a, a space for the library. Well, that's, you know, that's not necessarily true. We've seen some great... Um, We've seen some great programmatic growth through through things like our, our credible messenger program, uh, where we've got uh, individuals working with teens who might be um, involved in the justice system in one 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 way or another, and uh, you know the library is helping helping to put people on 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 a good path. So so there's a lot short term, Ryan, that we've got to think through. Um, I know we're going to be busy and and needed, so. Um, the question is also, of course, in a city where our revenues have declined, um, how do we how do we manage to work more efficiently in in the event that we are that we've that we don't have the um, the great riches of operating dollars that we've had over the past maybe nine or ten years? And Monty, 
you know, when you first joined the board, you know, hearing um, Rich describe the variety of services uh, and have and have evolved over the years, um, any of that greatly surprised you? No, I think that um, that Richard and the team have done a great job with with keeping pace and actually moving a, a few steps ahead. Um, so our, our collections, the way that we the way that we have balanced out having enough books versus our digital um, you know our digital circulation, um, other services that we offer. Um, but like, like Richard said, sometimes we're a business center, you know, sometimes we are someone's, someone's, um, swing space, you know, if, if, you know, now everyone's working from home, but before there was a time where, you know, it was kind of rare. And if you did have a, have a small business and you needed to work, sometimes you would work outside your home and the library was where you went. So now it's going to be a, you know, totally different. We'll see what happens when we all, um, kind of open our doors up again and start to move around. But I think that 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 we are have been well prepared and it's mostly because of the investment that the city has made um you know like richard said over several administrations uh, the foresight to say you know we need these spaces to make sure that our residents will have um a third place to go to and it's not just their work their home but they have this other third place that is safe and i i just wanted to go back to where you said the violence reduction um Richard mentioned that as one of the goals of the mayor. Um, it, I think that absolutely the library can be that. I mean, I did not give a, a big window into who I am and what I was as a, as a small person, but, you know, I grew up in a very rough neighborhood. You know, it was rough. Um, I knew no people that didn't serve, that didn't sell drugs. Everybody sold drugs, right? Um, you know, as a kid, somebody would say to me, Hey, you want to make some money real quick, sit on your porch and you, you do these calls, these whistles, and that's all you have to do. So you're looking out for the police or you're looking out for a certain group of people. Right. And, you know, my mother just never went for that. And the library is where we had to go. That's why we went to the library after school, because if you stayed home for too long, you just had idle hands. Right. So then you wind up doing one of those things because it was easy. I mean, it was just easy money. So, um, so absolutely, it's part of the violence. The idea of a library as a safe space. It is a safe space for so many people, for so many reasons at different times of their life. If you're homeless, you know, folks come there. If you are, if you're a young person and you're just trying to quiet the noise from the street, you can come there. Um, if you are, if you have your children and, you know, you're a new parent and you don't really have a community of other parents, you can go there. It's a, it's a different type of safe space. It, it means that you can go there and meet like-minded parents that are trying to do something better for their children and get them an early start with literacy or just forget it. It just might be programming, just might be getting out of the house. But it doesn't have to be these big um, these big things. It's just a simple service. And that's why it's so successful. It's basic. It's simple. It's free and it's accessible it's it's beautiful in in this terms of our city we have beautiful spaces that people can interact with but there's everything that you need there to embedder yourself it's it's all at your fingertips and you don't have to do anything but get a library card and say okay i'd like to check that out is that a major message that as you you know as you interact with um, with dc residents and they may know of your affiliation with the library that that you share with them that 
uh, you know, maybe the parents' experience with the library that um, may differ from what their children has an opportunity to experience today. I think that uh, I think it's really important to realize that the library is not just one thing. It's so dynamic. Um, it changes with you. Um, you know, you lose friends, you make friends, you get married, you get divorced, you have a baby, you lose a person. You know, there's this roller coaster of life that we're on. But the the, the library, not to sound schmaltzy, but the library is there for you. I mean, it's it's every it's all things to all people because it truly can be because those books involve experiences. They're going to speak to anybody at any time in their life, right? So first of all, the books are going to take you there and the books are healing. The books are exciting. They're funny. They're all these things. They could be intimidating to people if you don't know how to read, right? So it's a lot of things. Um, but I think that the, the library is just a very tangible way for a city to say, I love you residents. And this is how much I love you. I'm going to give you this building. I'm going to load it up with everything you need. Just go there and participate and you will get everything you need to be better, to do better, to excel, or just to just, just, just quiet your mind and, and, and relax. Some people just need to relax. So I think that the libraries can be anything that you want it to be. Um, and I'm not trying to sound, um, you know, <laughs> overly, um, overly done here, but it really is. It's just as simple as that. It's the library. Just go in the building and take shelter do whatever you need to do, but it's it's there for you. We're the generation that remembers the reading rainbow theme, so we <laughs> we, we know. Are you, that are you trying to are you trying to you know age me out here? What are you doing? What are you doing, we, Ryan? But we remember what you know. Maybe like I don't we know were, if I remember. We, that we were though. taught those messages that the world is open to us, and all we have to do is 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 open up, take open a look. up it's in a book, that yeah. it's in a book. And and now, you know, and Rich, you mentioned, you know, how the in the midst of the, the years, the, the, as the years have progressed, how the Internet was as first seen as a threat um, to, to many libraries. Um, it's funny because I think of it that the Internet was the first time that I, the library was the first place that I interacted with the Internet. Yeah, and I that's where the free internet. computers were, right? And Absolutely. no one can afford a computer. Absolutely. And now seeing it as such a as as such a major um, service to the community, especially now in the, in, in the midst of the pandemic, and in the midst of, of, um, of you know job loss or and and career development, um, Monty, you mentioned you know for those who can't read, the fact that a library is now a place where they can learn, yeah, and that their services are are readily available to them, whether it is um, on site or online. Um, but I. I I, I love the uh, I love the connection to love in, in that neighborhood um, that you bring uh, to to others that you that you speak to, uh, and I think that that is a it's a message that that I have heard resonate, especially as in the months that I've worked within uh, Martin Luther King in and around Martin Luther King uh, Library, and hearing so many folks' um, fond memories of MLK at varying iterations of their life, whether they were an employee, whether they were grew up in terms of the variety of activities. And now with um, the library now in its 2020 um, edition, what it is doing in terms of not only largely a better serving the community, but also a, now a renewal in terms of what downtown Washington DC um, looks like. 
Um, can either of you speak to um, where um, the library fits within the fixture now of downtown Washington, D.C.? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the fact that the library is downtown is less important than than um, than the building's strategic accessibility. Um, you know, it is probably the most important. It's definitely the most important building in Washington, D.C. that you can get to on every single subway line without having to transfer. It's probably 30 minutes away from several million people in the region. It's, you know, open seven days a week, many nights a week, every single morning. It is a uh, just an incredible anchor. Um, it is really, I mean, the way I see a good central library and now with the new MLK up and running, it is, um, you know, it's the nucleus around which the entire service strategy of the, of the, of the library revolves. Um, I mean, Monty was talking a minute ago about all the various things that you could do at your neighborhood library. You know, when you've got 400,000 plus square feet to play with at MLK, um, you know, we can have, you know, cities within cities in that library doing things that are completely unrelated. Um, everything from quiet study to um, loud uh, performance, um, job search, um, kids programs, um, local history research, all taking place at one time. And then add the, the the partner institutions that will be taking um, taking up residence in the library, um, various city agencies, the Department of Employment Services, Department of Corrections. There's no limit to the number of um, organizations that will be partnering with the city in a way that we will be delivering not only library services, not only literacy services, not only job search services, but job placement and just a host of other other um, services that are so convenient and again so so accessible. Um, that building is just it's it's the best location in in, in all of uh, in all of Washington D.C. for sure. And Monty, what are you looking forward to now? See, I I am I'm just excited for the city to be able to um, just walk through the door for the first time and just look at that space. I mean, the first time I saw it. Um, even in its construction state, I could still see the the beautiful vision of of what the space was to be, and now it is. Um, I just I'm just really excited for the rest of the city to come in and just experience the the all of the offerings. I mean, they're just the spaces are thoughtful. Um, they're complete in their in their in their um, their purpose, and I'm. I just think it's going to be wonderful just to see those spaces. And I would love for us to have something like, you know, tell us, tell us your story, you know, you know, the then and the now kind of story. It would be kind of neat to just, you know, just to share. But I think I, I can't wait for people to actually be able to really use the space and see all that we have in that, in that wonderful um, central library building. And I think, honestly, I think it's kind of a crown jewel. I mean, it's just, it's pound for pound, all the private development in and around it. Um, you know, it's just, it's no different. So the fact that the city has invested so much uh, resource um, to, sh you know, to showcase um, the importance of education, to showcase the importance of literacy, to showcase the importance of community building and, and community access, um, no matter where you're from and you're in, you know, what walk of life you're in um, or stage of life you're in. Um, 
I, I think it's incredible. And I'm so proud to be a part of this, this is this system and really proud for, um, for all of the you know leadership that we've had in the city to say yes to it every time. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. Monty, you, you, you're a couple weeks in as chair of the board. Yeah. Think in the years ahead, your last few weeks, as she begins to wrap up your time as chair, what do you want to say? I did this. I have been thinking about that, and I really want to make a difference in the space of of, of programming and education and access. And so, being a better partner, um, I want to make sure that we have some strong partnerships um, that I can look back and say that happened. I did this. And, uh, and it wouldn't be just me selfishly. I mean, we have, the trustees are amazing. They're committed. Um, they are selfless in their time and um, they have wonderful ideas. And every day I kind of think to myself, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm as smart as they are, but I'm so glad to be in the room with them. So, um, so I am, hopeful to galvanize and to um to match skills and strengths um with my colleagues on the board so that we can have a better offering with our programming and our partnerships because the staff and Richard have the rest of it. This is their job. They're professionals. They are library librarians. They're professionals. They they know what to do in that space. But from the board's perspective, making sure that we do more with less, that we continue to open up our doors to the community and make sure that they have what they need when they come into our spaces safely, um, with dignity and, um, with, with no, you know, no ask. We don't have to ask them anything. It's meet you where you are, whatever you need. This is what, what's available to you, but let's, let's be smart about how we do it and let's stretch ourselves so that we have the partnering, um, going because there's a lot of great, organizations or great um talents out there that can that can um, really augment what we're doing so i'd like to ensure that we do more in that space and what would you ask um, dc residents to do and come come to the library don't ignore don't walk by that space one more time go inside see what's going on once you go inside you'll see that it's a it's it's a place that you should come to more often and you know, you don't have to come to the physical space, but the physical space is is great. But, you know, use the online resources. Um, we have expanded our digital, you know, access. Uh, we're offering a, a huge collection of, of materials. So a lot is there. So you don't have to use Google. You can actually go to our system and find different cited resources that are actually really interesting. Google searches are, are you know, based on popularity and based on you know, um, click numbers and, you know, how it bubbles to the top is, is, is different. That algorithm is different than if you look at an encyclopedia, which, you know, no one has them anymore, but we have access to them digitally. So you can find much more pristine information, precise information, um, that's relevant to what you're doing without being distracted with these side, you know, with these side thoughts of that same subject. So I say, um, Come to the library in whatever way you want, digitally, not physically, but come to the library. That was Monty Monash, chair of the D.C. Public Library Board of Directors, and Richard Reyes-Gavillon, executive director.
Special thanks to them both. DC Public Library Podcast is made possible in part by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and is a production of the Labs at DC Public Library. Listen and subscribe at dclibrary.org slash podcast or wherever podcasts are available. Send us your comments at DCPL on Twitter or follow us at DC Public Library on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening.